Hello, all Beer Inside listeners. Here's our occasional second weekly episode of one of our older YouTube interviews in audio-only format. This is from episode 108 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on December 17th, 2021. If you enjoyed this episode, when you can, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, or most other listing avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask you to rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you're getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Today we are in the St. Hubert region in the south shore of Montreal, and we're at Le Barrage with Max. Thank you very much for hosting us today. I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule to speak with us about your business, uh, your brewing, and uh, obviously your passion of craft beer. My pleasure. So, awesome. Welcome uh, to our humble abode. Yes, it's great. Uh, so you brought me out a lot of tasty looking beers here to mm-hmm. try. Uh, what's, what's, um, what am I starting with here? That's La Sauce. La Our simple pale ale, not the most expressive, mm-hmm. but the most approachable. Just a very simple blonde ale. Oh. And as we do on the show, it's a, a toast. Toast. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, super light, very crushable, barely any bitterness. Yep. It's yeah, highly pintable, high volume beer. Mm-hmm. That's the one we uh, we oh. try to use to bring people in if they've if they've come from the commercial beer market <laughs> and they're discovering us. Yeah. That's our surefire way to get them involved. That's always a question we ask is, what's that beer where you have the, the Molson guy come in and he's like, yeah. oh, I want a beer. That's so the one. That's, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, so what's the beer story? What, what created La, Le Barrage? Well, Le Barrage is a very old project uh, started by the, my partner, Martin. Martin is at the origin of the project. He, um, he had been working on his homebrew for the longest time, so for the better part of 10 years, working from home. Uh, he got involved with a few breweries, got his kicks there, um, and then we took a class, uh, and that's where we met. Uh, and that was 2014. We took a brewing course with um, it was with Michel Gauthier, who uh, <laughs> trained so many brewers in Quebec. It's just a name you'll hear so often. Uh, so we start talking. Oh, like, what would you like? What do you like to brew? Are you happy to be here? Blah blah blah. And like, oh, I'm trying to start a brewery in Longueuil. Oh, right, me too. Well, let's talk. And uh, it turned into a, a larger project. So we're three partners, his, uh, his, uh, his brother-in-law and, uh, and him and me. Uh, Martin and I are the two brewers, and mm-hmm. our third guy is more of a numbers guy. Because um, you got to have one. Otherwise, you don't survive. You never get that financing. Yeah. Uh, and that's how we started. And um, we, we opened up a place. It was kind of hard to, uh, to, to get the proper zoning done in Longueuil. But mm-hmm. this place welcomed us. And they knew we had a project that really matched with the... Um, the objectives that they set for themselves here, local uh, local commerce, craft artisan uh, goods, and mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. And uh, so we started five years ago. Yeah, that's great. I, I mean, the market is very small right now in the South Shore of Montreal, I find. Like, there's kind of Kahnawake, Chandelibre, you guys, Elements, and now Toltec. Yeah. And that's like the only ones I can really think of. And then you're going a little further out when you're St. Bruno and things like that. So it's... It's a slower emerging market, I find, than obviously Montreal, because that's where the numbers are. But you're right next to the St. Hubert Airport. People are going to come here, and it's a public market, which people are naturally drawn to. For those of, of us on the show who support local, this is where you're going to come. So that's, that's great. Yeah. And what, so obviously you said the city was very welcoming. What made you decide that the marché public or public market of St. Hubert? Well, uh, it, was a, it was a lack of opportunity in other places. Yeah, okay. Because at first we wanted to go on Saint-Charles. Which mm-hmm. is the street if you want to go for that, that old school small town cachet uh, yeah. tourist uh, attraction. 
but there was no room for us. They, uh, they only allotted certain permits uh, in places that had existing permits grandfathered in. <laughs> yeah. So big hurdle there. But once we came here, it was as if all the walls had shattered and like had just come in. They welcomed us. They, they helped us set up. And, uh, and here we are five years later. <laughs> I first, mean, it's been a change. First microbrewery in Long Island. Yeah. Uh, you guys have had a big change because I remember when I first came here, you had a small brew house. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the next time I came, there was no brew house. And now there's a brew house again. So. Well, there was never a small brew house here before. Okay. I thought there, there was. No, we just before. used to, to store a lot of, of junk in, okay. in there. Okay. So it might have given the impression with all the kegs laying yeah, in there. That's, that, that's, oh, oh, they're, they're finally brewing. Yeah, not yeah. with just the kegs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that came this year. Okay. Uh, we received our brew house after like years of getting mm -hmm. our money together and, and looking for different models that we like. So we finally got our hands on the, on, the set, on the setup done in February. It finally came in. There was a lot of, um, of delays involved yeah. with shipping oh my last God. year. Yeah. Uh, people look, looking at their shelves and wondering when the stuff would come in. We had the same problem yeah. here. Uh, so uh, one thing led to another. We finally got our permit sometime in May and started brewing then just in time for the reopenings. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's been uh, crazy ever since. We're up to uh, like our our latest brew is number twenty eight now. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, I know it's a, little, it's a little more wintry right now, but uh, you guys have that beautiful side uh, patio. Mm -hmm. Obviously, being part of the market, people are allowed to grab you know new, uh, food from neighbors, bring them in, have a beer while they're eating food. So you know, it's like you said, it's very welcoming. They they brought you in and. It seems like all you guys work together here, which is awesome. Yep. And I see you do have a fully stocked bar from, yep. it looks like local, mostly local like, Quebecois. Uh, uh, I, can't, I can't name a single gin on that shelf yeah. that is not made in Quebec. So, so <laughs> that's, that's even better. And yep. the full bar experience on top of that, obviously there's kids, I see there's crayons and stuff. So just bringing the family, eat some tacos yep. or uh, shishtouk and yeah. as a, <laughs> come As a funny quirk of fate, because we, we now have the permit to brew on the premises. Yeah. That unlocked like a more family-friendly uh, experience because the, the permit will allow you to have kids up until 10 p.m. Uh, inside also. Whereas before that, it would only be on, in the summer at the terrace. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Uh, what's beer number two I'm trying here? Beer number two, you're looking at Barrage, which is our flagship IPA. More of a West Coast mm -hmm. style, the old school that was really popular in the, uh, in the early 2000s that got us all involved with the hops. Awesome. Toast. 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 Oh yeah, that's classic. It's got a little bit of maltiness to it, I find. Just a bit, it's, yeah. yeah. That's the biscuit malt talking. Mm -hmm. I am uh, starting to enjoy that. Like I do still enjoy the big, bold, flavorful New Englands, but occasionally when I'll catch like an old school malty or IPA, I'm like, oh my God, this mm -hmm. is what I'm missing, so. Still to this day, my favorite IPAs are on the maltier side. Yeah. Like the early English IPAs with those older, older, uh, earthier, uh, spicier hops. Yeah. yeah. Le Barrage, where does that name come from? Oh. That's one of Martin's concepts, okay. uh, because he had been working on that for the longest time. Uh, in, uh, in his conceptualization of that, basically a, a barrage, a, a dam, mm -hmm. is, there's an allegory for it that is more closer attuned to the French language, but basically it's a place of transformation. Okay. Uh, here in Quebec, it's a huge symbol for us uh, collectively that our, our hydroelectric dams up north yeah. have been such a source of like inspiration and power. So, you basically turn water into power, mm -hmm. into electricity. His vision was always like, let's turn water into beer and have a beer barrage. 
a beer dam. Uh, and it's just evolved from there, and it's gained other connotations as well. Uh, like it, anybody looking at our, at our, um, our ceiling would see like a more um, like a beaver dam yeah. theme. Yeah. And we, we've, we've played around with the idea also, and um, it's led us to this point where it's, uh, it's more like the, the philosophical idea, like the platonic ideal yeah, of yeah, a dam, yeah. than just like a hardcore definition yeah. of it. I mean, I'm assuming with the ceiling, it's all like uh, repurposed wood. Yep. So that's... That was know. from an old barn that, yeah. that was taken down. And I had those, those planks in my house for the longest time just drawing, uh, <laughs> long before the project was even a thing. Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> so awesome. we just ended up using that. Yeah. Are your, uh, your flights, your pallets also made of the same repurposed wood or is uh, that... No, something? that was uh, okay. that was done by a friend of ours, Roger Cortez, our C-Ebenist. Okay. Uh, great guy, does wonderful work with wood. We're also looking to collaborate with him uh, on future projects. We have a, a case over there which will be a specialty case holding um, basically these, uh, these special glasses with uh, clients' names on it okay, for like yeah. the select club yeah. of, of regulars okay. and uh, we can renew it every year. We'll be announcing some, uh, somewhere in the uh, area of February, so, uh, so coinciding like with club. our fifth anniversary. Yeah. yeah, mug clubs are awesome. I love the concept. It's like, oh, if you're a regular, you get your glass 10% off or whatever you're gonna offer. It's a yearly membership and you know, uh, cheaper merch, whatever you want. So that that draws a lot of people like me who, if I lived in the area, I'd immediately be part of it now. I don't live in the area, but it's uh, I, I love the concept of having a mug club because it is it is a community uh, when it comes to beer and and we all want to be part of that community yep. in a sense. So that's, uh, that's awesome. I like that idea. And we'll definitely have to, you know, share that on social media when it's ready for, when it's up and running. So. It's great. Uh, you have some interesting names uh, for the beers. Le Bagage, Panic. Mm -hmm. Well, Season Segle is uh, pretty obvious. But so what, what made you guys decide that naming convention not going like, oh, you know, Max's beer, Martin's mm. st home street name type of things, things well, like that? Well, uh, La Source is basically just a pun on water. Uh, basically, like, because it's the first one, it's the, the beer that's at the origin of the project. Mm -hmm. It's La Source. That's what the, the name that Martin gave it. Barrages because we needed to name at least one beer after the, the entire shtick. Yeah. Um, Panic, you're, you're going to laugh for a, for a minute because usually that beer would be called Manic. That's okay. the one that we have right here, the red yeah. label. Manic is named after the, the hydroelectric dam, Manic 5, that we have mm -hmm. in, uh, up north. Large okay. project, very influential, inspired um, songwriters and poets. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when Halloween came, we wanted to do a different version of that beer, so we used uh, we used pumpkin for it. No spices, ah. just the pumpkin flesh, uh, and called it Panic because yeah. we were such funny mofos. As uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, when it comes to fall, it's you know it's the the white person in me is like I need oh, yeah. everything pumpkin. Oh yeah, so <laughs> I'll be that scarf wearing white girl for a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, penguin is a bit of a pun. Uh, if you look at the. Um, the the wall of the bar behind us yeah. when we did the renovations in 2016 that was the name of the color of the paint <laughs> and we always said like oh we're gonna have to name a beer after that at some point because it's too hilarious yeah that's uh, awesome yeah session segle is basically um arose by any other name it's uh just something that we whipped up last minute this summer and has been very good to us that's good. Uh, and that's probably our most boring name so far, but it works. It's yeah. descriptive. La Mer Verte is um, basically a pun on l'amertume because it was, a, it was a beer that we brewed with hops that we collected in Mont Saint-Bruno. Uh, there was this, uh, this good guy, uh, I believe his name is Mathieu, I might be wrong, who invited us to his place. We had a few beers and we collected hops from his backyard. 
and that's the hops that we used for that recipe. Yeah. The, the home brewer you personally interviewed, he has his own like uh, hops that he grows in the backyard, but obviously he still has to, when he's brewed big, he has to go to the pellet form. So it's like, it's a big change when, when we went to a brew day at his house, he used the pellets. And then the next time he at a brew day, he's using like the, the, the actual hops. Yep. So it's like, and hop, hop cones are uh, a bit different to work with. They yeah. will soak up a lot of water and it's true for the home brewer. It's even more true for us. Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, you're doing everything on a much larger scale per liter wise, right? So it's you have to factor that all. And do you use any softwares, or is that all in in your own mind? Uh, we we tend to work a lot with Beersmith. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's a classic. Yeah. It works. It's done the rounds. And uh, before that, I was a big believer in Brewers Friend because mm-hmm. of the online uh, the online approach. Uh, I still use it for uh, for small calculations and off like off the hook. Like, okay, gotta check this out yeah. first. But for the most part, we build our recipes in Brewsmith and just work from there. Uh, what's this next beer I'm trying? Next one is the big sister of the one you just had. Okay. From Barrage to Double Barrage. It's basically a double West Coast IPA. It's everything uh, Little Sister is, but more. So stronger, maltier, and uh, more hops. Nice. Let's do another a toast. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly as you described. Like bigger flavors. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. See that's something that I find I can I can easily just chill out, have a pint of, not have feel like I have to rush it in any way. It's yeah. it's one of those kind of n- not really sessionable. Sessionable is the wrong word. It's it's kind of the opposite of sessionable. It's like a slow drinking beer, almost yeah. like when you're drinking a stout and the warmer it gets, I find sometimes it brings out other flavors. I'm sure this is the more I let it, you know, just kind of sit there will bring out bigger flavors. Yeah, it's so. got a nice evolution to it because yeah. uh, Barrage has got its. Uh, it's a nice little bouquet of hops, but this one is very similar, and we double dried hop. Some of the stuff that we use, there's this great finish with centennial hops. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll get all the grassy side, the floral elements, and some of that spice. Uh, but it's definitely a, a colder months beer yeah. that we brewed yeah. for the coming of the fall. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Um, so I, I usually ask this question, uh, but this will kind of have a caveat. So you actually have guest taps. We do. Which is super rare, I find. Now, obviously, you started before you were brewing your own beers in-house. You were having other breweries here. What made you also, one, stick to that, and two, what's your decision behind those guest taps you have? Well, we've had this weird evolution, like this curve of yeah. um, like what proportion of our beers and guest taps that we would have, depending on the, the year you were talking to us. Uh, when we started out, we were doing contract brewing with a bunch of different breweries. Uh, we kind of migrated from one to the next, following one of our friends, uh, Jean-Philippe Barbeau, another <laughs> very, very common name you'll hear. Um, uh, a bit of a mentor to us, great guy. Uh, so whenever he would change breweries, we would follow him and have like, <laughs> okay, let, let's brew with you, because we know you, we trust you. That's great. Um, so, but that got expensive real quick, because contract brewing is not the most economically viable when you're starting out. Mm-hmm. And we learned that real quick that, okay, we could roll that back and maybe start uh, selling only uh, only guest apps for the time being. And we did that for the longest time until we could get our legs and get the system installed. But it got us there, and uh, we're still very grateful for the rest of the craft beer community, especially in Quebec, where it's very much a community. There's very little snobbery. Everybody's <laughs> collaborating. Everybody's in constant communications. Uh, people doing favors for one another, like, oh, I'm missing these ingredients. What do you have on hand? And everybody coming to the rescue of each other, that's, that has been our experience so mm-hmm. far. And we've always been like, very keen to like, bring in, like, oh, 
we like this style, bring it in. People are asking for this, let's have it on tap. Um, and we, we have a few breweries that always come back at some point or another. And we're trying to go for like more rare stuff eventually uh, when we can get our hands on it. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, keg availability is not what it has been. <laughs> because when, uh, when a lot of venues closed, well, nobody was buying kegs. Yeah. So a lot of breweries had to uh, basically make a decision. Okay, let's convert a lot of our production to cans. Like, uh, let's scale that up. And uh, when we opened again, well, it was a good thing for us that we started brewing because while um, prices have been relatively stable, we're really grateful for that, availability of beer in kegs has been a little harder. And um, there's been a loss of variety for us, which we're hoping will, you know, blow over in time. <laughs> the, the fact that you guys, like, share each other, have this love for each other and want each other to succeed is so, so important. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the truth of it is a lot of us started home brewing yeah. at first and uh, then we we rotated into the big leagues and um, this is our lives now yeah. but we I think for the most part we remember that time where people were just like exchanging ideas and, and recipes and uh, oh what do you have extra like uh, what can we work with and just meeting at festivals and yeah. you know hugging it out shaking hands sharing a brew that was the the best time let's have that again going on <laughs> Uh, what's this next one I'm going for? You're looking at Panic. Okay. So basically our American Amber Ale with a twist of ye old pumpkin. Mm -hmm. All right. That's uh, a toast. toast? <laughs> I'm getting the hang of this. Mm -hmm. That's how it started. It was like cheers for a while. Like, and uh, my videographer, Phil, he's like, no, we need, we need to make it big and bold. And he's like, toast. So that's the that's... reality of YouTube. You got to <laughs> have right. your catchphrase. Yeah. Wow, super smooth. Pumpkin's not like overpowering in any way with the spices. Basically, just yeah. giving a little more texture, yeah. rounding things out. Um, which it's already a very like wow. rounded beer because the Amarillo hops. Uh, yeah. it's a it's a single hop beer. Now that'll have a lot of um, a variety you can get from a single hop. Amarillo, when you put it in a boil, tends to go like very round, very inviting. Mm -hmm. But um, as an aromatic, you'll get all those floral notes that people love. Give that that sharp edge that like just basically heightens everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, because there's, uh, like, obviously McCausland's uh, St. Amboise pumpkin is like, it's it's pumpkin. Mm -hmm. It's there. Uh, Full so, on. <laughs> but, yeah, but for them, you know, when I, when I drink the McCausland pumpkin, it's only once a year during yep. this month on their terrace because it's a beautiful big open terrace. And obviously, not right now because it's winter. Well, yep. it's technically late fall in Quebec. Uh, it's not nice to sit out there in the cold so and you blink and it's gone because yeah. those, those pumpkin ales people have like yeah famine mentality when they show up like oh gotta get mine yeah i'm, I'm very fond of uh Halloween by trefle noir myself yeah it's been a classic every year i gotta have it no i i you know it's it's the season it's not like i'm, I'm looking for a pumpkin beer when i should be drinking winter warmer <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's obviously a big difference uh, now, I see you do growlers and cans. Yep. Um, obviously, the market demands cans, so that's why you went there. Uh, how do you feel growlers are with the, with the community of... You're obviously seeing the same people come back with growlers and wanting... Growlers, and we, we've had a steady stream of people asking for them, and it's, uh, it's a great way for uh, the availability of beers that we don't always have in cans. Because cans, you have to get the cans or the labels, make sure you have a, um, a session for that. Mm -hmm. And um, we usually go for our best sellers in cans for now. And uh, growlers are a great opportunity to taste every other one at home. Yeah. So if we have it on tap, it's available on growler. 
And even the guest taps you, you put in grouse? Well, uh, by law, we can't do okay, that, okay. so it's just for our beers for now. Okay. Yeah, we got... Until something <laughs> changes. I know. I know. <laughs> the, the beer laws in Canada, as, as craft beer drinkers who, because of where we live in Canada, obviously, we're, we're right there where America is, and their beer laws are a lot more loose than ours are, yeah. so... And it tends uh, to change from state to state know, also. It's a I bit know. like a, a strange mosaic of rules over there also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But like it the, is way, the way that craft brewers can operate, the way the liquor stores are handled. So, well, at least we're consistently weird about things <laughs> yeah. and very restrictive in some ways. But we also have the APMQ uh, lobbying for us in a, in a variety of ways that will lead to uh, a better craft beer experience for the customer, I think. Awesome. Uh, what's the next beer I'm going to be trying here? Uh, you're looking at number five. That's Dolt Pangoin. Uh, okay. No. Uh, oh, like you're going same. in the same order? Yeah, yeah that's okay. the one. It's basically a uh, black American barley wine. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had been, uh, I had had a hankering for that style for the longest time. And I wanted something that was more hop forward, hence the American style. Uh, and basically, uh, the inspiration came from uh, Les Trois Mousquetaires. Okay. Because they used to make an American barley wine, yeah. which I loved so very, very much. It was uh, citrusy, resiny, uh, orange peel forward. Um, very complete, very rounded out beer. I absolutely loved and uh, we hoped to do the style justice by making this uh, this weird paint uh, paint color pun. Yeah, with uh, this I mean, barley wines are super rare. So, yeah, it's beautiful nose. Toast. Toast. Oh, see, it's not like the, the palate, it's not like an overly boozy barley wine. I find barley wines are very difficult to nail. It's either way too boozy or not boozy. And this is really well balanced yeah. so it's funny the way it ended out because we had a, a switch in hops during the brewing session uh, oh. my mistake that was me but it kind <laughs> of ended up all right and it almost tastes like a um, like a double cascading dark ale if you will yeah yeah which is strange but i'll take yeah. it people yeah. love it so far uh, I know uh, where you are. Uh, I don't know if they do a, a, like an open air market thing at the same time. Like during the winter, will there be kind of a marché public outside where uh, you well, could have they... like a winter festival? And, and I know uh, Benelux did in Verdun. They did a heated barley wine uh, for their winter festival, obviously before the world shut down. And it was like, it's just such a change. Like it's a warm barley wine. What's yep. going on here? Like it's all the flavors are just kicking my butt. And, like that's oh, a good thing I can walk home from here because that's that's a 10% beer so that's definitely interesting because Martin and I have been for the past uh, two weeks and for the next two weeks coming up we've been presenting this beer here La Trade mm -hmm. and our other canned products at the Christmas market here in Longueuil so we do weekends Fridays and Saturdays yeah. and uh, we do tasting we give out samples we promote everything that we got we try to bring people in here and uh, because of the cold weather, people have been asking us, like, well, you want to do something next year that'll be, like, warmer and stuff? Mm -hmm. We're like, we're working on it. Yeah. This is exactly our lane. At some point, we're going to be doing exactly what you were describing, whether it's at the Christmas market or if we start a little event here to try and bring people to the market here. Yeah. Um, we'll see, but it's, uh, it's definitely something that we see in our future. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, now, I know you have guest apps. Have you collabed uh, on making a beer with with another brewery in Quebec, or just let's say for your stout with a tante, I always mispronounce it, a coffee maker in Quebec? Uh, well, we haven't done anything so far because we're still uh, finding our legs. Okay. Uh, we're getting our brewery, le brewery legs, uh, but it's, uh, it's not written in the sky that it's not happening. Are there anybody who's like 
a kind of those couple of dream collaborations if you could let's say get to vermont and brew with you know obviously a lot of people say sean hill from from uh hill farmstead and things like that so is there kind of those quebec ontario usa dream collaborations that you'd love to do i think for the moment we'd like to to, to stay local for that mm -hmm. but uh definitely i can think of a few names i would love to collaborate with uh there there are some breweries out there that have um similar patterns to us, or they have, uh, I think their, their styles would nicely dovetail into ours, and we could definitely work something out. We just have to have the courage to ask them at some point, because yeah. uh, this has not been the case so far. We, we're still getting our beat going, trying to like rush to, to get the, the production levels that we, uh, we need here, but that, that will come in the future, I'm pretty sure. I mean, even if you guys kind of do, the, the way I see it is like a South Shore collaboration, it's like you, Toltec, Elements, and uh, Trois Mousquetaires and Brassard just all get together and make a beer. <laughs> so Could be done. Yeah. That or a tap takeover, yeah. sky's the limit. Exactly. And especially with the brewing community, as you mentioned, you, you guys just share the love. So, and, and from what I've seen, well, uh, Drew from Kahnawake said it's literally just a drinking beer and then chucking ingredients <laughs> in the match time. I so. miss Drew. I used to work with him in uh, when I was doing graphics. He was doing... Uh, Programming. Okay. So we, we met years before either of us was in, was involved with craft beer. It's so funny. Yeah. The it's a small world. It is. It's an incredibly small world in, yeah. in brewing. And, and as you mentioned, your, your teacher. Uh, at, uh, so did you go to like Sherbrew or, or what Quebec kind of brewing university did you go Basically to? Basically, it was a, a week-long course. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Back before there were all these cool programs mm -hmm. that you could follow in CJEP now. Uh, 2014 was like uh, one, I think, one of the last years before they rolled out these programs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting, and and but, uh, again, before the pandemic, we were at the uh, university tasting at ETS in uh, downtown. Mm -hmm. And, and they like, have their own system. Yeah, and you meet Sherbrew, you meet these guys, and they all uh, brew a collective, uh, a brasserie collective there in Boucherville. So it's it's like you could try these university student beers and. Speaking with uh, Ontario-based beer writers, it's the same thing. They do one for the Niagara School of Brewing. And when I first got into craft beer, I'm like, oh, you know, I wanted to go balls to the wall, as they say. And it's like, oh, I'm going to enroll in school. Oh, it's a three-year waiting list. So no, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have to find a real job. I have to have a real life. And obviously, brewing isn't in the cards for me still at the moment. But uh, the fact that I, I get to come out and speak with you about your, your passion is, is more where we've become. So. I think we were some of the lucky ones where we got away with uh, less less credentials to per, uh, to produce. Mm. So when we started out, it was basically okay as long as you have a mentor who can uh, who can attest that you you're doing everything all right. Uh, you're good. I'm like okay, good. Let's do this. Yeah. And we learned as we went. No, that's that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's you could see it. I mean, yeah. you've obviously seen it with the competition and the friendships out there. How how much craft beer as a whole has grown in Quebec, Ontario, America. It's just, we mentioned pre-show, there's been more that have opened and closing the pandemic. And that's, it's obviously a viable business idea, but it does cost a lot of money and a lot of time. And- I'm getting uh, Vietnam flashbacks here. Yeah, <laughs> so, but uh, you guys are still going. And, and like I said, when I, when I spoke with you pre-show, it's, it's great that you're still here. You're finally making your own beer. Uh, that's more available here and not having to like run around and go to Collective or go to Ma Brasserie or go to all these other breweries and be like, hey, we got to brew a beer. You can, we're making it in my house. Yep. It's 
a lot more obviously cost effective for you and your two partners. So it's it's yeah. super important. Though shout out to La Gabière and Ma Brasserie because yeah. when we were brewing with them, they've been a tremendous help. Yeah, yeah hopefully future interviews for the show is, is La Gabière and, and Ma Brasserie. Oh, and, you should visit the new facilities. Yeah. They are uh, amazingly yeah. huge. And uh, we're hoping to overhop at some point too because, you know, Brazilian beer in St. Charles, it's like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, what's this next one I'm trying here? Next, you're looking at a, uh, what I'm drinking right now, okay. Session Seigle. Basically, it's our, our riff on La Petite Tranquille by uh, Charlevoix. So it's a small beer, uh, Session Ale, 3.4%. Um, it's, uh, it's forward on the, uh, on the rye side. So there's the whole point is okay. Let's yeah. have a let's have a, a pintable session beer that still retains a lot of character and presence that doesn't taste thin. Yeah, it's very rye. You find like a rye flavored beer under seven percent. So yep. a toast. Oh, yeah. It's not like like a punch of rye, but it's it's so it's like yep. just there. It so, levels out after yeah. that first impression mm. and it kind of wow. stays with you which i love yeah that is a fantastic beer i'll, I'll be honest out of, out of the one so far that's my personal favorite hey uh, i know a lot of people who would really like the pale ale uh your basic pale ale as well and your uh, your dark your dark ale as we'll call it uh your barley wine because it's not like it's not like a barley wine that you're like you're getting drunk off this it's your you can have one or two of these uh, it's still at 7.5 percent so yep. two it's on the lower end of a barley <laughs> wine not too syrupy yeah and yeah definitely approachable uh but this is something like along my line so uh, we've had we, we usually we used to do beer tastings all the time and there's one out of ontario they make an aged ride ale and that's every year i see it at the lcbo i'm like oh six pack six pack six pack it's, let's have that gorgeous red yeah, color it, it's the nose the taste and you know, one of our friends put it best. It's like it's a it's it's a hug from my grandfather. This is what Ooh, this beer tastes like. So, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that is. I mean, for me, you know, obviously everybody's different. Everybody has a different palate, but for me, this is a fantastic beer. So. At some point, I've I've sworn to myself. I I took a vow that I would make the attempt at some point to make a rye wine. <laughs> but any brewer in your audience is going to yeah. roll their eyes and say, "Oh man, <laughs> you don't know the trouble you're asking for." That is a lot of glucose. Yeah, like I'm all sure. those proteins will kill your mash. I'm like, yeah. oh, we can we can make that happen. I'm sure we can. You got to be careful about not killing your yeast. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's so many, like, like, beer is art and science put together in in a perfect kind of amalgamation of, of flavors. So it's, but it's very specific science. <laughs> so, <laughs> like even with the home breweries, like, oh, I got to check my temperatures. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. Yep. And we followed them on a brew day, and we're like, oh my god, it's so much work. So. But I'm, I'm really happy for home brewers nowadays mm -hmm. because the quality of the equipment that's available on the market for like consumer level yeah. is getting much better than the little kits we started out with 15 years ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've already looked. If, if, if and when I have my own house, it's like, I'm just going to get a Brazilla. It makes things mm -hmm. so much easier. So. <laughs> we started out with modified wine kits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as long as you're not doing those chemical kits that I found, and I know they're super popular in America, it's like, you just chuck everything in, pour water. Right, 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 right. No, no I, I was uh, I was full grain. Yeah, like all grain brewing from the first day. Even though my five first batches were complete disasters. <laughs> well, you gotta learn somehow, right? <laughs> Speaking of that, like that first disaster, what was that first beer you ever brewed that you tried to make and ended up going nope? 
<laughs> so. so okay, so not not going forward to the successes. Yeah. You start with the failures. Just that, that first first okay. beer that that this, was like um, this is my this is my job from now on. Somebody's somebody's gonna have a laugh because my my first batch that was a complete ruin is uh, this overly complex recipe that only a noob would make. <laughs> it was a maple stout with the wrong hops, oh, no. way too much victory malt, way too much caramel malt, no balance, <laughs> a complete wreck during the mash, a complete wreck during fermentation. It was this undrinkable swill that tasted uh, like cardboard. Awesome. Some of the home brewers mm, in the audience cardboard. may relate. <laughs> Godspeed, guys. You can do better and you will. Yeah. I mean, that must, that must frustrate you. Well, when you're starting out, I get it. It's like, ah, you know, what I did didn't work. What, what happened? And, but and now you I'm learn sure something if, and then you buy yeah. the Palmer book and, um, and then you frequent forums and you ask your friends and you, yeah. you get the learning done. Awesome. Now, obviously, you have no time to yourselves, but let's say I could finally take vacation again. I could sit on a plane without a mask for six, 10, 12 hours. What's like a beer vacation you want to take that you haven't been on yet? Oh, I would go like on a grand tour of uh, Ireland, Britain, uh, probably uh, Belgium and Germany, basically. Like go for all these old beer roads where you go to a region and you taste the regional style yeah. in five or six permutations. No, it's, uh, I mean, I say we're already spoiled enough from when you think about it, like Ontario to the Maritimes and you kind of include the U.S. where you go from New York to Maine. We're really spoiled for beer where we are in North yeah. America. It's a uh, basically when people from Europe come over here and they discover our pubs and that's been the reality for yeah. most of the East Coast. And I believe Ontario is very similar. I can't speak for the rest of Western Canada, though. But um, their experience, they're, they're absolutely shocked at the variety that one single pub will offer. Yeah. Because their experience back home is, you go to this place, they have the beer, the variant. Yeah. And the, 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 the stronger beer that they keep for, like, special occasions. And then every town is like that. And then you, you get really, really deep into the, the beer culture of that. But you don't see, like, this smorgasbord of styles that we can offer in a single location yeah it's uh, it's i mean even yourself like you know we have our seven beers and then we have our guest taps and, and just the variety that we have from a basic you know lager to quadruple dry, quadruple dry hop blah 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 doing an ipa it's like okay cool and uh then as for us you know we even have massachusetts right there so it's like oh sam adams every two years they have the utopia and that, that beer is, that is something else. I mean, as somebody who's tried Utopia, I'm like, this is, this is a beer, but it's not a beer at the same time. It's, it's wild to, as you mentioned, the Europeans coming over here and they're like, whoa, what's all this? And then obviously in Quebec, where there's 300 breweries now. So it's, yep, it's crazy. It's just never too. Back in uh, 2015, we were finalizing our, um, our business plan and our studies and everything. We would gather all this data on the, the shape of the industry. Like there were 118, 119 breweries in Quebec. Yeah. Now it's close to 300. Yeah. It is absolutely bonkers, like the uh, the proliferation yeah. of small places yeah. that do really good, interesting stuff. And, and when, uh, when they discover something, they want their clients to share in it. So yeah. What I like to ask is somebody comes here, tries your beers, not your guest taps, just your beers, uh, and they have a designated driver because don't drink a drive. That's super important. Do not. Uh, they have a designated driver. What are 
some local area friends that you're like, go here, go there, go here, go here, there. Oh, I can definitely, so. uh, Toltec and Elements. Yeah. Um, if you can go, they don't have a pub, but they Tromsk are very close by and they have a little store where you can get yeah. some stuff that you don't see on the shelves. Um, that's basically it for the South Shore, unless mm -hmm. I'm forgetting someone, but I, I usually go to Montreal to yeah. see a lot of the variety I wouldn't get otherwise. Uh, I mean, you're only 15 minutes away from the island of Montreal, yeah. not even. So. But if you go a little further down the road, then yeah. you'll see that in the regions, there is a lot of stuff to discover. Mm -hmm. um, anybody going out to the Eastern townships will discover a lot of breweries that even we are unaware of because uh, the shape of things right now and the speed at which we, we uh, multiplied, I would say, yeah. uh, has even us left behind in terms of we don't know anyone. Yeah. Like, who are these, <laughs> yep. new, these new people? Yeah. When I get some free time, I will definitely come and check out your stuff because I'm curious now. Uh, what's this last beer I'm trying? You are looking at La Mer Verte, which is our um, harvest ale with the hops that we harvest ourselves. It's, uh, it's Limonadier hops. Uh, I think they are like native to Quebec. And uh, the, uh, the the mash bill is just basically this old school Belgian saison. Yeah, it's very uh, all Belgian on the very, nose. Very <laughs> very fruit forward from the from the action of the yeast. Awesome. Yeah. A toast. Had to nail that last one. Oh, that is a Belgian ale. Mm. Like we don't have a we don't have a a vid beer or a vice beer on tap right now. Yeah. Well, whenever people ask for a, a blanche. That's usually where we try and filter them through, it, because it, it's the closest equivalent. Yeah, you'll it, get it is the closest by, by far. Like that is almost it. It's it's like that that good balance between Belgian and wheat yep. beer. So, wow, uh, and just the spiciness on the nose. I, as soon as I put it to my nose and I'm, I'm partially blocked up because it's the winter. It's like whoa, it's it's there. So just a bit of rye there, just to keep yeah. it spicy, earthy, mm. present. Oh, I will say, I mean, personal favorite was the rye for me, but all your beers have been absolutely fantastic, well-balanced, you know. Um, every brewer in Quebec, though, is always trying to bring up their, their best, and that's, that's the important part is, here's our brand, and we're very proud of it, and please enjoy our beers. Yep. So that's, uh, that's the most important part. And I, I mean, I love beer from Quebec. The, the two provinces I get to get a beer from have all been great beers, so I can't. I can't complain. I, I have had bad beers, and I've I've written, uh, I've, I've direct messaged on social media. I'm like, hey, some, someone was off about this beer, and they're like, oh. And they've, uh, tr first ever interview, Troy from Nebrasse said, it's because of Untapped, we learned something went out bad. So we recalled it. Yeah. And that's what's important is at oh, least. Oh, that feedback is yeah. ever so important. So, and I know there's some some beer drinkers out there who are, who are not exactly friendly toward the breweries, like, this is the best beer I've ever had, too. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, so. everybody's got their own scale, right? <laughs> uh, on Untapped and, uh, and, um, and other review sites, yeah. like the best reviewers, well, on their account, they will explain what their scale is. Yeah. So at least you get a, a, yeah, you get I, a you get a feel for what they mean when they say three or four. Or yeah. I know I haven't given a lot of fives. It's rare. I've given a lot of 4.75s, but like fives are, you know, utopia. It's like, oh, it's... There's a reason it's a $200 bottle of beer. It's because mm -hmm. it's Five like, should blow your mind yeah, and yeah, your palate. That's it. And, and uh, Phil, Phil had brought one back from Boston. It was a raspberry gato pastry stout. I'm like, oh my God, it tastes like I'm drinking raspberry cake. So, you know, that looks it's uh, uh, even Drew at Kahnawake, his Black Forest, uh, his Black Forest stout, like that game, that was a five for me because it, it tasted exactly what you told me it's supposed to taste like. So, 
it's uh that's that's the way I, I i see things is i mean all your beers to me have been three and above no problem hands down uh this this is like a 4.5 for me uh, that that's me though so i don't want to like influence yep. anybody who doesn't if you don't like taste. a rye beer you're yeah. not going to like this beer but if you enjoy your basic pale ale yeah, that, that's that's the number five for you. Yeah. So it's it's super well, important. One of the things that we had to keep in mind, Martin and I, when we were when we started this, is neither of us was interested in brewing a beer that we wouldn't drink ourselves. Yeah. So the idea is, if we're tripping on something, we love it. We want people to discover. It, we want to share that with our customers. That's the whole point. Yeah. Like let's discover things together and let's see what you like. No, and that's honestly that's one of the most perfect out- outlooks that you have is. If we don't like it, you probably won't like it. So mm-hmm. let's make something we like, and you'll probably like it. Yep. So that's great. Uh, kind of what's next for Le Barrage? Uh, more beers, more variety. Uh, check us out. We're doing tastings uh, at the, the Christmas market. We are uh, looking to expand our cellar at some point, get more <laughs> fermenters out there so we can ramp up production. Yeah. And uh, shows are coming back. That's a definite plus. Look forward to that next year. Yeah. And you got the mug club coming up, obviously. Yep. Also, something um, we're going to be announcing. Do you do like a, a trivia night or anything like that? Yeah, or? we have trivia nights going on uh, every Wednesday night at seven. Uh, people form teams of up to six people, and they uh, they compete for beer. Yeah. <laughs> winner, oh, winner gets a pitcher like for a every round. Prize. Oh, horrible, horrible, <laughs> unoriginal. Uh, passe. Awesome. Uh, all right, this has been a fantastic interview. I appreciate all the beers and the time. Obviously, you've taken your schedule to speak with us today. Uh, let my audience know where they can find you. 4200 Chemin de la Savane in uh, Longueuil, closer to Saint-Suvert, right in front of the airport. Uh, we're a little ways off from Chemin Chambly. Uh, you can find us at www.labaragebrasseur.com. And we also have a Facebook presence on Instagram as well. And uh, look for us. You'll find us. So we're going to add all that in the uh, links below in the comments on uh, the video. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Notifications and comments also truly help the show. As for us, it's allbeerinside.com as a website, at allbeerinside on all social media. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap.